Welcome back to Throwing Hands. Uh, first time we've uh, recorded a preview in a while, but hey, we're back at it. We're previewing uh, Chung versus uh, Jung versus Ortega. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be back at it with these previews. Took a week off from it, but we are right back into things. Yes, we are. So we're just going to start off with the first uh, event on the main card: Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. Both young guys coming up in this division. Almeida fighting for the first time in about two years, and Martinez looking to looking to crack up into that top fifteen potentially. What are your thoughts on this? on Jonathan Martinez. Uh, Jonathan Martinez comes into this uh, actually fighting at featherweight. He's traditionally been a bantamweight in the UFC. Uh, previously fought most of his time at 135, but he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu bl- uh, blue belt. Uh, but he's pretty well pretty well mixed up in the way he finishes. He's got seven knockouts, two submissions, three decisions. Uh, so things have, have gone several ways for him when he's, when he's won fights. He's never been knocked out and he's never been submitted. He's got two losses by decision, two by disqualification. So this guy obviously has never been finished. He's not easy to put away. And in his five UFC fights, uh, he's done things a couple different ways. He's got a decision win, a knockout with a knee, and a TKO with knee and punches. And even his losses have been competitive. He's 3-2 and two in the UFC, a unanimous decision loss in his debut, and a split decision loss back in February. This is going to be his third fight of the, the – his third fight of 2020, I should say. And he's moving up to featherweight, which is interesting because uh, his last fight was fought at a catch weight uh, because he missed weight uh, previously. So this is an interesting fight for him. Going to take a chance moving up and fighting this one in the featherweight division. Yeah, it's a really interesting prospect for Martinez. I think he is an interesting prospect coming in. He's good. He he trains at Factory X Muay Thai uh, along with Yusuf Zalaw. So he has some pretty good company up there. And he, he has a lot of potential. Uh, he, he, these two guys are somewhat similar in the way they fight. But we're going to talk about Almeida for a second. Uh, fights out of extreme couture, very good Muay Thai practitioner. Like I said, he like, he's taken a couple years off. He likes to pressure you a lot, flurries you with punches, catches you off guard. What are your thoughts on Thomas Almeida? Yeah, Almeida's a guy that, despite being 29, has some pretty serious uh, competition on his record. He's been in the UFC since 2014, hasn't fought particularly often. Uh, but in that time, he's got three losses. There is only three professional losses. And they're to Cody Garber, Jimmy Rivera, and Rob Font. So this is a guy that's fought the best of the best, hasn't necessarily beat him, coming from a big layoff. And here he comes in up against Jonathan Martinez. He's been waiting uh, for, this, for this comeback fight for a little bit of time now. Uh, he was supposed to fight Marlon Vera all the way back in March of last year, uh, had serious vision I- issues, had to have eye surgery, <clears throat> was hoping to return in 2019. Instead, uh, was supposed to fight uh, – excuse me, was, was hoping to fight before the end of 2019. Instead, hasn't been given an opportunity until now. Martinez is actually a replacement in this fight uh, that was supposed to happen last week. It was supposed to be Almeida against Alejandro Perez. Martinez steps in, gets an extra week to prepare for this one. And I think this is going to be a really interesting fight because Almeida, like I said, he's 29, but he's fought some of the best in the world. Definitely. And he, he, let's see how he comes back for this one. All right. So the keys to the matchup. 
for me, I think uh, for Martinez, it's I think it's his, definitely in his best interest to keep it uh, standing. If not, he might want to try and work some stuff off his back. But then when it comes to Almeida, they're both very similar. But Almeida does have the advantage on the ground. He has a brown belt in BJJ compared to uh, Martinez's blue belt. So I think if, if Thomas finds himself in a pickle, I think it's his best option to take it to the ground. What do you have to say? I would tend to agree with that. I, I can't argue with much of what you said there. These are two guys with pretty similar styles. Like you said, Almeida is going to have the advantage when it goes to the mat. All righty. Predictions, what do you got? I'm going to take Jonathan Martinez in this one. I think the youngster uh, – not youngster, he's 26 years old, but the younger man comes out. He's going to be excited for this fight. He's going to be hyped up to, to take on somebody with a pretty strong track record. And I think it's going to take Almeida a little bit of time to settle in after an almost a, a two-year layoff. So, I'm, or excuse me, almost a three-year layoff. It'll be three years in January since he's last fought. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Martinez in this one. I th- I'm gonna go with the young guy. Yeah, I'm gonna take uh, Martinez by decision. All right, to the next matchup of the day. Interesting matchup. Claudio Silva, 14 and one, but he's 38 years old. Very interesting guy in this division against James Kraus, who's become a little bit more known for his coaching uh, in the past couple of years. James Kraus coming. Uh, he's he's a submission artist, but he can also get it done with his hands. That's how he gets to you to the submissions. What are your thoughts on James Kraus? Uh, Kraus, like you said, great on the ground, but he can handle himself with his hands as well. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt uh, has been fighting since 2007, 35 professional fights. He's only got eight losses, and 14 of them have come by submission. He has a, He's coming off a split decision loss against uh, Trevin Giles, but before that he'd won six in a row. And he's he's fought a lot of the people there are to fight in this weight class. He's got a loss to Jorge Masvidal, uh, but – he's a multi-weight class fighter. He's fought at welterweight. He's fought at middleweight. Uh, he actually had his middleweight debut uh, against Trevin Giles in that loss. But James Krause, outstanding on the ground, has some power in his hands if he needs it. And he's he's just a pretty well-rounded fighter. Like you said, has turned to coaching a little bit more recently, but he can still get it done in the octagon. Definitely. I'm not even going to add anything to what you said. But on to Silva, uh, he's old, but he, he can get his job the job done. The only loss is on his record is his first fight ever. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt out of American top team. So he's been tr- he trains with some pretty prominent guys. Um, and he's he is uh, he, he has a lot of movement and he's very patient. Uh, I guess that comes with old age. He's seen he's seen a lot in his career, even though he hasn't fought too much. What are your thoughts on Silva? Yeah, Silva, 38 years old, nine submissions. This is going to be a fight that's decided on the ground. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, like you said, Silva, a little bit of a wily veteran. He's only fought 15 times as a pro. He's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's also been active since 2007. These are guys uh, with relatively similar fighting styles and relatively similar trajectories uh, in the UFC. Uh, it's it's impressive to me. It was a split decision, but he's got a win against Leon Edwards in his welterweight debut. Uh, he's a very talented fighter. He, like you said, he's not fought very often. He took a three-year layoff between his first two professional fights and his third. Uh, took a two-year layoff from 2010 to 2012. Took two years off from 2012 to 2014. And then four years off from 2014 to 2018. And he's only fought three times since then. So Silva's a guy, he fights sporadically. He, he's not been around that much since even since he's been a pro for 13 years but he's very talented at what he does definitely so to keys for the matchup i think these guys are both very talented on the ground and they can handle themselves on the feet so it'll be a pretty close matchup i think james kraus has a slight advantage on the feet but when it goes to the ground i think these two guys are pretty even um so i think it really just depends who who pushes the action more who puts the pressure on i think that could be james kraus what, what are your thoughts on the keys 
I think you, you hit the nail right on the head there. It's going to be a matter of who controls the pace of the fight, who controls it when it goes to the ground. I think Kraus is in a position to, to have more an advantage on the feet, which I think will allow him to set up a potential takedown better. And I think that's the way he needs to go is keep the pace up, keep Silva moving backwards. He's probably going to have superior conditioning as well. And I think he needs to use that to his advantage. For sure. All right. Predictions. I can take James Cross by knockout in this one. I think, I think he just has the advantage on the feet. And I think he might, he might keep it there a little bit longer than uh, Silva will expect. So give me Cross by knockout. What do you have? I agree with you. Cross by KO. Ooh. All right. Here we go. To some very intriguing prospects in this light heavyweight division. Uh, you can't deny that. You have Jim Krupp from Australia versus Modestus Bukowskis from Latvia. No, Lithuania, rather. These two guys, they're both very good at what they do. But what are your thoughts on Modestus Bukowskis? The Baltic Gladiator. That's my favorite. That's one of my new favorite nicknames in the UFC. 11-2, and two, though. Seven straight wins. Fights out of England. And he's, he's had a ton of success. Uh, he's, this is going to be his second UFC fight. Uh, he was outstanding in Cage Warriors. Uh, that's where six of those seven wins on this seven-fight win streak came. And he just knocks people out. He's got a couple rear naked choke wins, but he just knocks people out. Uh, he, he defeated Andreas Michaelitis by retirement at the end of the first round uh, in, his, in his first UFC fight. Then you go down the rest of his, of his wins. Uh, KO by elbows, KO by punches, KO by punches. Uh, the ones just listed as KO slash TKO in the first round. And then he's got those two rear naked chokes. Uh, he's an outstanding fighter. He's an extremely talented fighter. He hasn't lost since 2016 uh, when he lost back-to-back -back fights after starting his career 4-0. Uh, but when you look up and down what Modestus Bukowskis can do, uh, he's, he's a big fighter. He's a long fighter uh, who can knock people out. He's six foot three and has a 78-inch reach. Uh, he's, he's very powerful, and he's very good at what he does. Uh, you summed that up perfectly. So I'm going to sum up Jim Crute perfectly. Um, so Jim Crute, he's good at basically everything he wants to do. He has a boxing background, a karate background, a judo background, and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu background. He does, he does pretty much what he wants. Um, he's very relaxed. He's a little slow, and he's, but he's pretty refined as well. And he's also extremely aware of his position, where his body parts are. He knows what to do in every single position, it seems like. What are your thoughts on Jim Crute? Yeah, Crute's awareness is what stands out, as you said. He's, he's constantly aware of what's going on around him, aware of what he's trying to do, aware of what his opponent is trying to do. And I think it's because he's got such a well-rounded background. He, he knows exactly what it's going to take. He's got a history of boxing in his family. He has a karate background, as you said, a strong judo background and then a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So uh, when it comes to anything you want to do in the octagon, Jim Crew can probably match you at it. Definitely. So to keys, uh, I think obviously for Modestus Bacacus is definitely keep it on the feet, use his reach, just pick his strikes, pick and choose. And for Jim Crute, I think he, it's a feeling out process for him. I think if he feels what he, he needs to go to the ground, he'll keep it on the ground. If he feels he needs to stay on the feet, he, he can keep it on the feet. That's just because he has a wide skill set. What are your thoughts on the keys for these guys? Nothing I can add to that. All righty. Predictions. I'm going to take Jim Crute by submission. What do you got? I'm getting Bukowski's in a knockout. I love watching this guy. I think he's going to pull it off. Yeah, he's awesome. I love both these guys. Anyway, to an interesting co-main event of the evening. Um, Ch Caitlin Chikagian uh, coming off a win against Antonina Shevchenko back in June, if I'm not mistaken. And Jessica Andrade coming off against coming off a loss against Rose Nami Yunus. Coming up a division uh, to compete with Caitlin Chikagian. Now, when I saw this, I was very... Um, I don't know. Intrigued isn't the right word. I was surprised because Jessica Andrade is small height-wise even for the strawweight division. She's shorter than my sister, and she's 5'2", and she's tiny. And 
this is in, this is an interesting matchup. What are your thoughts on uh, this matchup coming up? I think, like you said, there's some concerns for Andrade uh, stepping up to fight Chikagian, but uh, this is a fight that is going to be good for both of these women, I think. I think uh, this this is a division that needs some contenders in it and it needs some people to compete, and I, I think that's what we're going to see here. Chikagian, uh, she does what she does. Uh, she was coming off – she's fought the, the Shevchenko sisters in her last two fights, beat Antonina in the last one by decision, got knocked out by Valentina in a title fight back in February, but – these are uh, two very talented women, two very exciting women to watch. Uh, Caitlin Chikagian, the master of the decision victory uh, when it comes to women's UFC. <laughs> and then Andrade has power in her hands and the ability to submit people despite coming off back-to-back losses. There were to Zhang Wei Li and Rose Namajunas. So uh, these two women going head-to-head is going to be fireworks, I think. And this, this is a fight that could be probably a main event on a fight night, and we're lucky to be getting it as a co-man. Definitely, and uh, it's it's an interesting matchup because of the the very uh, the large discrepancies of both reach and leg reach, especially for a, a woman like uh, Chikagan who likes her karate style. So we're gonna get the keys right now. So I think for Andrade, I think it's her best just option to just dirty this fight up as much as possible. She has to make it stressful for Chikagan and just bring it to the ground. Gain, uh, gain some top control and just don't let her go because we saw that uh, Chef. Uh, Shevchenko, Valentina Shevchenko did that, and Chikagian couldn't do anything. So, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what are the what are the keys? Yeah, I think I think that's going to be the key. The more dirty this fight gets, the more of an advantage Jessica Andrade is going to have. I think if Caitlin Chikagian can essentially uh, turn this into a more traditional boxing or tie boxing fight, then I think she'll have a better chance just because of the way these two match up. Andrade obviously has knockout power, but I think the more traditional this fight stays, the more opportunities Chikagian is going to have to win this. And I think the longer this fight goes, the more opportunities Chikagian is going to have to win it. Perfectly said, Daniel. All right, two predictions. I, I'm i torn on this one, personally. I think I think Jessica Andrade is aggressive enough to dirty it up and make it a, a, a phone booth fight, but I think Chikagian is disciplined enough to not make let that happen. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm gonna take Andrade by uh, knockout. What do you got? I'm going with the classic Caitlin Chikagian decision. <laughs> you can't go wrong there. All right, to the main event of the evening. Some something uh, we've all been looking forward to. Brian Ortega versus Chan Sung Jung. The winner of this fight gets the next title shot, according to Dana White, against uh, Volkanovski. I don't think we can disagree on that. What are your thoughts on that statement by White? I think it makes a ton of sense. These are the guys that are really at the top of those rankings, number two and number four. Uh, whoever wins this is clear-cut the next guy set up for a title shot. Definitely. So uh, what are your thoughts on the zombie, man? Uh, Chan Sung Jung, they, they call him the Korean zombie for a reason. He's got a ton of ability. He can put you to sleep uh, either with his hands or with a choke or a submission, anything. He's got a darts choke finish as well. Uh, so you look at what this guy does. He's got all kinds of submissions, but he's got knockout power as well. Uh, you look at his background, and it, it reads like just a, a list of mastery in any kind of martial arts you can think of. Uh, third degree black belt in Hapkido, third don black belt in Taekwondo, black belt in Judo, brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. This is a guy that's as well-rounded as anybody in this division, and he uses it to his best ability. Definitely. I think 
And I think that this will present a little problem to Brian Ortega, who's more one-sided uh, when it comes to uh, his grappling. His striking has improved. He did stand there and bang with Max Holloway two years ago. But I'm, I'm interested to see how his striking has progressed over the past two years because I think that's very important when it comes to uh, coming up against Chan Sung Jung. What are your thoughts on Ortega? I think Ortega is, is really exciting. He's really entertaining to watch, and he's really talented. Uh, great, great in submissions. Uh, was 14 and 0 before taking a loss to Max Holloway back in 2018 in his first challenge for the UFC featherweight title, and he hasn't fought since then. Uh, so uh, he's we're, we're not exactly sure what we're going to see after almost a two-year layoff for Brian Ortega. But uh, you look up and down. He's beat Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, Clay Guida. These are these are guys that have talent that he's knocked off since he's been in the UFC. And there's a reason that his last fight was for a championship. Definitely. All right. Geeks for the matchup. I think for Ortega, I think, I don't know, since we haven't seen Ortega, I don't know how his skill set has improved. Um, I think based on what I've seen from Ortega, it's his best option to get to the ground and just kind of pick his uh, shots on the ground for lack of a better term, just be patient and try to get the submission. But Hey, if he's, if he's figured out how to stand up and bang, good for him. What What are your keys for Ortega? I think Ortega is going to be best served to take this fight to the ground. That's where he's got almost all of his decision victories, all of his finished victories, I should say. I think this is going to be a fight that's fought with a little, a little bit of gas behind it. These are going to be two guys that don't like each other. These are going to be two guys that are going right at each other. And I think if he can take it to the ground, if he can handle it there, then this is the best case for him. Definitely. And for Chan Sung Jung, I think – him keeping it on feet would be the best option, but he shouldn't be uh, concerned if it goes to the ground because he's so well-versed in uh, on the ground with grappling. I think I think Chan Sung Jung can take this wherever he wants. What do you have to say? Yeah, Jung is going to be best served to control the pace of this fight and kind of make Ortega come to him because he's going to be able to handle him, honestly, no matter where it happens. So predictions, what do you got? I got Korean Zombie and a knockout. Same. All right, so that does it for the, the preview of Fight Night, Ortega versus Jung. But we have important news to discuss. Uh, what do you got, Daniel? Well, Dustin Poirier and, and Conor McGregor is going to happen in January. Uh, that is obviously the bigger mainstream news. Uh, there's some, some other news coming along, but those guys going to duke it out in January. That's a fight we've been waiting for for a really long time. And Conor McGregor comes out of retirement for the 19th time, it seems like. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, that's really – it's it's exciting. There's nothing else to say. So, more things. Uh, Aljo and uh, Piotr Jan are going to be fighting at UFC 256 in uh, – I don't know, in December, but they're going to be the co-main event. There's been a lot of flack for that coming from the MMA community with Megan Anderson and uh, Amanda Nunes uh, being the main event. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, that's, that's interesting. Uh, the way the card is organized, who really cares? You're getting, you're getting fights. You're getting fights at a high level, and that's what you really want. I'm excited to see Jan and Aljo go at it. I think that's going to be a really entertaining fight. I think that's really going to make – uh, that that division pop and I think that's that's one of the deeper divisions and I think it's going to set the tone for for it to really be on display in 2021 definitely uh dang there's a couple other things oh uh Neil Magny and Hamzat Shmaev are probably going to go at I think that might be the next fight uh what are your thoughts on that one I'm excited for that I think those that's a good matchup Magny uh kind of stepped up uh, to to kind of take a shot at, at Hamzat Shmaev and I think this is going to be a good test for Shamayev. Neil Magny is a guy that doesn't, you know, he's not exciting. He doesn't do a ton 
that's going to really thrill you, that's going to make highlights that go wild on Twitter. But Neil Magny's a very talented fighter, and he's going to be a pretty steady test for Hamza Shemaev, and we can really see where he's coming along at this point. Definitely. Uh, a couple other uh, minor things here that I see. Uh, Devin Clark versus Anthony Smith is November 28th, and UFC has booked Espinoza, Jordan Espinoza, and Tim Elliott for the January 16th uh, event. So, you know, a lot of minor things going on. Do you have anything else? Uh, the 254 card is out. Um, Islam Makachev was originally going to fight on that. He is not anymore. Um, but the, the full 254 card looks pretty, pretty good. You've got uh, Ankalaev Kudalaba, finally. Uh, Calvillo <laughs> Murphy, Volkov, Walt Harris, Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannonier, And then, of course, the main event is Khabib and Justin Gaethje. That's, that's a good-looking card. If that's I, a, that's so a stacked card. I loved how you said finally for these two, but the past three times this thing is booked, it's, not, it's, it's fallen through. So but let's not say finally just yet. <laughs> And, so, then even, and then even your, your featured prelim is Stefan Struve versus Tai Tuivasa. So that's, that's a great fight as well. Yeah, two, two big dudes going at it. So I forgot how tall. Geez, that's a 10-inch uh, difference right there. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but, yeah, this, is, this will be fun. This, is, this will be that's – that's a fun card. All right, do you, we're previewing it next week. Do you have anything else? Uh, nothing, nothing really to speak of. Uh, I will say, interestingly enough, uh, coming up on that card as well at 254, you've got Khabib in the, uh, in the main event, but making his UFC debut on the prelims is his cousin, Umar Nurmagomedov. So that's going to be something to keep an eye out on as well. Ooh, okay. That is something to keep an eye off. Uh, you can, you can find that on Fight Pass, uh, prelims if you're interested enough. And Casey Kenny's coming back to fight Nathaniel Wood, uh, three weeks, three weeks after. So, Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Uh, that's all I got. You got anything else? I'm good. All right, guys. That'll do it for another episode. Uh, we'll be back uh, Tuesday for uh, the review of Fight Night uh, uh, 180, uh, Ortega versus John. Thanks, Dan, for coming back on. A pleasure as always. All right, guys. We'll see you later.